your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's podcast, we are going to be talking about Winnipeg versus the Florida Panthers, which this is a game that promises or promised at least to be, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't really expecting much. Um, I was going to say maybe a firecracker, but I think it would have been a firecracker for only the the Panthers. You know, the Jets, as fun as they can be, I, I was kind of concerned about a team, you know, facing off against truly one of the most well-balanced and most lethal teams in the entire league. I think there's a very good argument that this Panther squad is the best in the NHL right now. They're offensively dominant. Their defense is just good enough to get the job done. And it's actually more towards like the middle of the pack. And their goaltending is elite. When you have such a good way of attacking the slot, creating great passing lanes, and then using all of those tools on both the power play and at even strength, you just have such a nightmare roster. And I think the way that they play in such fast puck movement and rapid counters, for me, it was a perfect setup for Winnipeg's kryptonite. So, you know, when uh, when the Panthers scored first, I wasn't super shocked. You know, Vili Heinola got put into his first game in like a month, um, and he hasn't actually played in the NHL in quite some time. So his last few games were with the Moose. Uh, suddenly he's being asked to play against the best team in the NHL, and his partner on defense was Nate Beaulieu. As much as I really appreciate Beaulieu trying his hardest and really putting it out there, the unfortunate reality is that oftentimes Beaulieu, especially in the defensive zone, he does struggle a good deal. And so, you know, pairing him with Heinle for me was like, ah, this is just not going to go well. And immediately that kind of ended up coming true. Um, The Jets... They got pinned in the defensive zone for a brief shift, and Heinola was right around the back of the net alongside Bolu. Bolu had gotten pinned towards the wall after missing a puck reception that he needed to make. Heinola picked it up and was, uh, I think, expecting there to be an outlet along the essentially the right side of the boards because he he shifted the puck to his left as he was facing the other direction. And usually, I don't know if the Moose have somebody there, um, but. You know, there either should have been a winger or Jansen Harkins should have recognized that he could shade over and probably pick up this pass for the outlet. Instead, you know, Heinola rings it around pretty gently while he's being pressured from behind a, uh, a a Florida Panthers forward. I don't remember who it was, but he made the steal, picked up the puck, and then Jason Marchment came across the front of the net on like a diagonal route from behind. Um, and Bolu was still chasing. Nate never really seemed to pick up Marchment, and Marchment just tipped it home on like the first shot of the game for an easy goal. Heinola and Bolu were on the ice for another goal against, and this one was because Heinola was kind of overloading the uh, the puck carrier side on the left of the ice in the neutral zone. He was uh, basically on a three-man stack, which 
would actually force a dump in, right? So you try a zone denial through, um, or at least a controlled zone denial by looking, you know, to force the opponent to throw the puck in and then kind of go from there. In this case, though, because Heinola had pulled off of his man and was stacking up there, what ended up happening was uh, Stastny, Lowry, and Bolu weren't really on the same page. In fact, they just sort of occupied space but didn't really close down the, the passing angle, and there was a clear pass to, I think it was, again, Jason Marchman, who found a perfectly good um, cross-lot pass from, like, between the face-off circles, you know, completely unoccupied by any jet skaters, and he had an uncontested shot on goal. So one of those situations where I think Heinola is really looking to be aggressive uh, in zone denials because for him, I, I guess with the Moose, he often pressed really high to create that turnover and then create the breakout heading the other way. With his Jets team, though, I think it's a bit of a philosophical difference. You know, in this first period, the Jets actually scored quite a few goals, but you notice they didn't really come off of incredibly fast rushes. There were some odd man situations here and there, but ultimately what kind of came out of it was that the Jets maybe were a little bit more patient, and I think, you know, Heinola is constantly looking for a really rapid outlet, which the Jets don't necessarily play that style, and I think that's part of why, uh, especially against this Panthers team, he was really struggling. He's constantly looking for that next outlet, that next breakout, and I don't really feel like at this level you can get away with that, especially against the Panthers. If he was to play this aggressively, you have to have like a DeMello type who can kind of understand where Heinola's headspace is and then fill in the space between because Bolu doesn't really do that. Nate is more of a park your button in front of the net and kind of hope to block the shot, but that's not really the style that I think would fit Heinola's particular approach. I do think Vili definitely needs to kind of drop back a bit and be a little bit more patient. That's one thing in his game that you can tell not having played in a month, tons of nervous energy. He already has an aggressive mindset, and he's going against a team that he knows is extremely fast. I just think that it was like a recipe for kind of a disastrous start. Ironically, pretty much every defender on this team was getting roasted, though. I think Heinle's mistakes were a little bit more magnified because, you know, the Panthers maybe had an extra shooting lane and Hellebuck wasn't able to make the stop. But, you know, in general, this team's defense was really struggling. And that first period was very high scoring. It actually finished 3-2 to two in favor of the Panthers. We got to see a great Cole Perfetti assist on Kyle Connor's goal, and then we also saw Paul Stastny get a nice little marker himself. But those moments on the Panthers' forecheck where the Jets would unfortunately cough up the puck right to an easy shooting option for Florida, it's just a, a bit of a struggle. This Jets' defense really couldn't handle the pressure all that well, and Hellebuck had to make a couple of really decent stops because every shot just seemingly came right in front of him, or at least in the very high-danger areas of the ice. And so... Yeah, this was going to be one of those games that felt like where the last goal scorer ended up being the winning one. I was curious to know if the pace of this game would actually continue into the second period, because as it was, it was pretty entertaining, even if defensively, a bit of a disaster for the Jets. We'll check in on the second period in just a little bit, but before we move any further, I thought you should hear about Bilt Bar and why they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your New Year's plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. 
Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are continuing our thoughts on Winnipeg versus Florida, which it was a pretty crazy game. I mean, there were quite a few goals scored. Uh, obviously, that 3-2 first period set the tone for what was to likely be a, a very high score at the end of this game. But of course, the Panthers rightfully had the edge. While it wasn't like the Jets weren't creating and actually had a couple of really good chances, Florida, I just felt, was basically destroying Winnipeg's defensive structure and hitting the slot repeatedly. You know, Hellebuck was struggling to maintain uh, his composure and and kind of deal with all of the uh, deflections and sharp angle shots and all the stuff that was directly in front of him, which there was quite a bit for him to deal with. I think overall he had an okay night, maybe one or two rebounds that he wasn't super happy with, but... You know, there's not a lot that you can do against this Panthers team. They average like four goals a game, so it's not super shocking that, you know, Hellebuck conceded quite a few. Uh, Thankfully, though, you know, there were some bright moments here in the second period. One of the brightest was a power play in which Cole Perfetti had an absolutely brilliant sequence. He set up Pierre-Luc Dubois with this unbelievable toe drag around a sprawling defender, completely faked out the goalie and the defender, faking a shot, but ended up just sort of uh, saucing a beautiful pass right to Dubois, who tapped it home and tied the game at 3-3. It was a really cool moment, and I think, you know, everyone was super excited. Unfortunately, though, the Jets then conceded the uh, the go-ahead game winner just a few minutes later. Carter Verhage, uh, of course, added his 15th goal of the season, and if you know who Verhage is, you know that the uh, the Lightning probably aren't super happy that he's now playing for their rivals and is absolutely thriving with the additional ice time. While this game definitely favored Florida at 5v5, I did feel that the Jets were still able to create some good opportunities. It was just that, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky was really in fine form. He had a monster night this evening, really did not give the Jets many looks at even strength, and on the power play, Winnipeg was a little bit disjointed. Aside from that really good Pierre-Luc Dubois goal, I felt like the other units eh, wasn't great. The first unit came out with Heinola at one point, and then, you know, because Heinola sort of tossed it into the corner, expecting there to be somebody after he led the zone entry, there was no one there. It became a turnover, basically. Uh, Florida cleared it pretty cleanly, and then that was the last of Heinola on the first unit, more or less. And I think for me, what's a little bit frustrating is Heinola was actually there ahead of everyone else. He was spearheading the effort, and the rest of the skaters on the ice were a bit slow to react and didn't really get into position quickly enough, so I don't know how much of it is him and how much of it is on the team just not really being on the same page. Um, Heinola also didn't really play all that much in the second period. In total, he had something like a little over 10 minutes tonight, which is not a ton, and while there were some skaters who had less in terms of defensemen, um, he, he definitely played the least number of shifts. He had a penalty that he took as well, 
it was just a tough night for him, but I don't really know what all, you know, anyone could have expected, right? He was paired with Bolu, and Nate's not really the kind of supportive defender that I would be looking for Heinola to be paired with. Vili is best if you have somebody who uh, can shore up those details or at, at the very minimum can skate with a puck. Heinola is super aggressive, and I think that's one thing that he really needs to sort of tone down a bit. I believe there was a shift in the second period where he was occupying the central space in the defensive zone almost to his own blue line. There was an opportunity for him that he felt he could lead a breakout and zone exit, and I think he was almost looking for it a little bit too much because it ended up getting picked off uh, when the pass to him basically went into a Panther skate. And, you know, I, I think it's one of those situations where he's he's so eager to get up the ice and create that breakout but with how the Jets play, he really has to tone it back a little bit and, and kind of slow down because, let's be honest, the Jets defenders don't really have a lot of uh, a lot of foot speed and certainly not a lot of defensive acumen. So in many ways, I think Heinola actually has to be a little bit more conservative. I, I actually like his mindset in certain areas, but it's just with how the Jets are and how good the Panthers uh, have obviously shown themselves to be, it's not really an ideal mixture. So, yeah, that I think is something he can work on. I don't know if he'll actually get many more games this season. It kind of seems like when he made the mistakes that he did, he got punished. But for me, it's a little bit ironic because the rest of the defense, in my mind, they were honestly doing a lot of the same stuff. You know, the Jets defenders were routinely getting walked, and the only reason that it wasn't showing up on the score sheet was because either the Jets got lucky or Hellebuck made some fantastic saves. So, you know, Heinola was the one who ultimately got punished for his own mistakes, but the entire Jets defense was a bit of a train wreck, and it wasn't like the forwards were really uh, driving play at the level to where you could complain about the scoreline either. Short, Bobrovsky made some really good saves, especially um, in a couple of sequences on the power play where the Jets were so close to scoring, but by the same token, I still feel like this, this game's scoreline ended up being pretty fair. The Jets just were second best at most things, and I feel like, you know, it, it's to be expected. The Panthers are 28-9-5, and and they remained one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. I know that they lost a couple of games on this road trip, but against a, a Jets lineup that's pretty mediocre and was missing uh, Josh Morrissey tonight, it's just one of those things where I'm not super surprised by the results. We'll check in on the third period in just a little bit to see what ultimately transpired in the last 20 minutes of what was... Yeah, a bit of a tougher outing for the Jets, but before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be your number one destination for all of your online betting needs during this new year season. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the final period of Winnipeg versus Florida, and, you know, it uh, it wasn't super great. Sam Bennett scored the very last goal of the game, but at this point, the Jets were just, uh, they were kind of running out of ideas. You know, Winnipeg really struggled to create, and I, I think at some point, Florida's pace and relentless forechecking kind of got to the Jets. They started creating more odd man rushes. The Jets' defense was nowhere to be found. And even when Winnipeg was inside the offensive zone, they just weren't really getting to the slot like you would hope they would. I know the shot clock looked pretty even, but the reality is Florida was the far more dangerous team, and it, it definitely showed on the scoreline. Hellebuck had to face high danger stuff the entire night. In fact, uh, somebody joked about every shot for like one period being high danger, but honestly, if it showed up that way, I would not be shocked. The one thing you kind of notice about the Panthers is that they're super efficient. They don't really waste a lot of point shots, you know. They're looking for stuff right in front of the goaltender or, you know, in the crease where they can make a living and really cause havoc. And it's why they've been so successful at all situations. Now, of course, the big topic of the night was Heinola, and everyone was kind of like piling on the, well, we told you so, you got what you asked for sort of thing, but... I think one of the biggest things when you compare him to somebody like Perfetti or Sandberg, which I did see, you know, Sandberg and Perfetti both got more favorable NHL players to be working with. You know, somebody was saying, well, you can't complain about who you get paired with. You have to shine no matter what. And to a degree, there is some of that. But one of the biggest things is that if you're a defender, you really are kind of reliant on your partner being capable. And I think that's kind of the first issue that happened for Billy. You know, he got you as his partner and he has to still make it work as much as possible but Heinola also hadn't played in like a month and the last hockey that he'd been playing was at the AHL level where a lot of what he was doing was probably more in line with what the Moose have asked him to do. He was very aggressive towards the blue line, he wanted to constantly create counters through the neutral zone. A lot of that stuff I think was probably what Manitoba had him running but here with the Jets they don't really do that. They're a little bit more patient, a little bit slower, because to be honest, the Jets just don't move all that fast. They have a couple of really fast skaters, but the rest of the team, you can tell this squad really lacks foot speed, and against a team like Florida, it was super apparent. The last few shifts that Perfetti finally got in the third period, and it wasn't until like, I don't know, seven minutes left in the game that we actually saw him again, you know, despite that, he still actually had a couple of very good shifts to end the game. More of what I was expecting from him, where he sat a little bit deeper behind Schmidt, he was more patient on the puck, he looked for his outlets, he made the clean passes, and he actually facilitated a couple of very good breakouts. That's more of the stuff that I was thinking he would give us. I think the version of him that we saw earlier in the game was almost running on like super hyper nervous energy. You know, he had that one really bad penalty that he took. Um, he had some... Uh, very bad turnovers and stuff, but I think a lot of it was because he's trying to play the game the way that he feels it should be, which is like super aggressive and super offensive. But once he kind of learned to sort of draw back and, and become a little bit more conservative, I think it actually was a much more natural fit. And he started doing those one-touch passes and breakouts a little bit more frequently. That's the kind of Heinola play that I think would be good for him at even strength. And then if you put him on the power play, I think he's got great passing, great vision, I think he'll handle that pretty okay. And, you know, in all fairness to Heinola, you know, the entire defense got ripped to shreds. I think it would be 
a bit generous to say that any single defender on the team had an okay night. Pretty much everyone was atrocious across the board. Schmidt got walked multiple times, and I think at least one or two of those opportunities turned into goals, which is not great. And it's, you know, it's it's not like the other pairings were doing any better. Pretty much everyone just sucked across the board. I mean, the Panthers, you got what you were expecting, which is a dominant performance from this squad. You know, beating Bobrovsky a few times was probably a little bit fortunate, but after that, the Jets just did not do much. And I think the performances of the team in general, pretty much everyone was poor, but the only one who was really good was Cole Perfetti. He had a monster night. Every time he was on the ice, there were positive things happening. He's just a great player, and I think he's really proving that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he deserves to be here. Winnipeg's next game will be against the uh, the Vancouver Canucks, which should be a lot easier. I'm hoping that DeMello, Morrissey, etc., you know, these guys are all back from COVID. We'll see how they handle and if they're actually good to go. Or if they have had COVID, it's probably going to be a bit before we see him again. So maybe Heinola can come in and actually show off what he really is capable of. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all we have time for. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make Locked on Bets your second listen of the day. Your daily one-stop shop for all of your betting needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms today. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.